guys it's cinnamon and i'm back with the episode of sweet tea southern mama doing autism from a to z um it's been quite a while since i've recorded an episode for this podcast life has just been extremely busy um as i'm sure it's that way with everyone especially with everything that's going on with the pandemic and you know they're trying to live life daily and be safe and not go crazy in all of this you know we're 10 months in, is it, with this pandemic, and um, there's no end in sight, and, you know, I think a lot of people now are just really starting to, um, it's starting to take a toll on people, you know, emotionally, mentally, and physically. Um, I, myself, I know in the beginning, I stressed out a lot, you know, just trying to make sure that we do everything properly, and you know, that we're taking care of ourselves as a family and, of course, making sure that, you know, Cortland's okay and all that stuff. And um, myself as well, pretty much just having a couple of times um, since the pandemic started. And um, it just looks like we're not going to get out anytime soon. And I think we're both starting to suffer, suffer from cabin fever and um, just trying to get him to go back outside for the simplest things has been tough. Because, it, you know, who just wants to go outside, <laughs> you know? I mean, you want to go outside for your first air and everything. But, like, the kid likes to do, he likes to go places. And we just haven't, unfortunately, been able to do that even with wearing a mask because Cortland will not wear a mask. So we've only really done things like put a doctor's appointments now that we can go back face-to-face. And um, he went and got a haircut. And we went to... Um, a relative's house and he went somewhere with his Gigi a couple of weeks ago and that's been basically it. But as far as me, I've been home so for going to doctor's appointments with him and you know, uh that's basically it. Um and everything. So, you know, just trying to adjust and adapt to the new norm, I guess. This is what our new norm is. And um, we're just like everyone else trying to adapt and adjust to it. So a lot of the projects that I've been working on have been placed on the back burner simply because of that. Um, you know, because I just, my focus has solely been on just making sure that we are 100%. And, you know, of course, school, you know, so as far as education and academics and all of that, we weren't greatly affected like most families were, um, which I am extremely blessed and humbled to say that we were able to, you know, continue on and education hasn't, you know, suffered or anything like that. The only thing that we were affected by were like our therapy sessions as far as in-based therapy. You know, of course, we had to move to virtual therapy, which is fine for us because Portland and Anderson can do um, you know, things that most children with autism, you know, struggle to do. Um, that's the one side of autism that we are, you know, I guess I would say blessed with, blessed with or whatever. But I do, you know, sympathize with those parents that do struggle and that are because our kids thrive on routine. And when their routine is taken away from them, you know, it's hard to, it's hard for that adjustment, not only for the kiddo, but for the parent as well, but most importantly for the kiddo. Um, so my, my, I sympathize with them. My heart goes out to them and, you know, um, wish them nothing but, you know, 
the best and everything. And hopefully that, you know, this thing will eventually come to an end and we can move back to regaining some sort of normalcy in our lives so that our kids can get back to their regular schedule routines. Because like I said, our children thrive on routines and when it's interrupted, boy, it's interrupted. And it's hard on everyone. It's hard on, you know, the child first and foremost. But of course, like I said, it's also hard on the parents, family, you know, any siblings or anyone else that is directly involved in the child's life. And a part of that routine. Well, currently, the one thing that we did lose um, outside of the face-to-face therapy and having to move to virtual therapy was that we lost. Um, he had a, a mentor that was coming every day, and um, she basically started out with shadowing him, or you know, for one of her classes uh, for college, and it turned into a beautiful relationship. And um, once she finished her research and her project she needed to do she still came daily to you know see Cortland to work with him and you know pretty much it was like uh it was good for us because when you are a parent of a child with a special need especially autism um you tend to suffer from isolation because the outside world um really doesn't understand I don't know if they don't want to understand or is it just hard for them to understand so I put myself on a quest on a mission to one you know, try to educate individuals and like let them know that what our world is like to invite you guys in so you can see it firsthand. And um, it's I've been raw and I've been real with it. I don't shy away from sharing anything. I sometimes I think I share too much, but um, if if I want you to understand and I want you to accept what goes on in our lives, then I, I can't leave out the the ugly side of it. I can't always just present to you the rainbows and unicorn side of it. Um, so, you know, so we suffer from like, you know, so it was really good to have her here every day too for me because, you know, just to have another person in the house and another adult to talk to. <laughs> I'm not talking to a six-year-old constantly. I mean, I love talking to my child and now he, now that he is a verbal he talks all the time and like he's starting to ask questions and he, you know, to, he's telling me things and and it's funny. Um I'm so overjoyed and so overwhelmed with it because I um because I just never imagined that we would I would see this day because I was told that we more than likely wouldn't we wouldn't see this day. You know, there would be a chance that Cortland would be nonverbal. And that's something that, you know, children with autism, you know, they they have they deal with is like some of them are nonverbal. Um I really don't like because in a sense you like People think of nonverbal, they think of like no words. So I would say I never really thought that Cortland would have any words that he wouldn't speak. But there was other ways that, you know, there are other ways that children with autism who cannot talk or cannot speak can, you know, be verbal and that's through like the use of sign language. And that was one of the things that we dabbled with early on before uh before the clinical diagnosis, it was pre-diagnosis that we um, started with our therapy, and his his very first therapist started teaching him. Um, he caught on to some things and some things he was just aggravated with or whatever. And I think a lot of it was just the overwhelming frustration of not knowing how to process things that was like were really going on inside his head. And he was only two, so um, I never make an excuse for Cortland. Um, so I don't want to be, he was only excuse to sound like an excuse. It's just that I look at the age and, you know, the 
the pressure that was being placed on him while he's trying to process everything that's going on with him in this different world that he lives in. You know, so um, I didn't push it. I actually switched speech therapist and moved with another one that didn't sign language at all. Um, she just had basic concepts and a diet plan that she worked with Cortland on. And um, we began to see progress. And then we eventually had to, you know, leave her because Cortland aged out. She only saw kids up to a certain age. And because he was starting uh, pre-K, he uh, he turned four. So he aged out of her office, basically. And we started with another lady. And um, she was awesome, like, amazing. Um, and what I liked most about her was that she was a retired school teacher and turned speech therapist. And it worked for us because it not only worked for us in the aspect of the speech, but it worked for us in the aspect of like getting Cortland prepared for school, getting him prepared for the classroom setting. She worked wonders. But the downside to that is we we eventually lost her, not because she wasn't a great speech therapist. I love this woman. Still to this day, we still communicate. Um, but we lost her simply because of the policies and the procedures at the school in which he um, was attending and they weren't willing to conform to her schedule. So we moved to another speech therapist. We've been around and around with speech therapists and stuff. But, um, so I, I'm basically saying that to say, like, you know, the routine of everything and losing everything because of the pandemic has been extremely hard, not only for our families, but for, you know, other families that have children that are on the spectrum or have other special health care needs. You know, we deal with so much on a daily basis that the outside world just really doesn't get to see. They don't get to see what we deal with. They get to see what we choose to share with them. And I think a lot of people make a lot of judgments um, about the things that, you know, transpire in our lives that they don't know. They think that we're complaining or they like to tell us that, you know, it's not hard. I'm a parent, I go through that or whatever. Yeah, sure, you're a parent, but you're a parent of a child that is neurotypical and that can pretty much do things for themselves. So while little Casey is doing, you know, her homework or taking a bath or, you know, playing, uh, you know, nicely with siblings, you can be in the kitchen, you know, making dinner and, uh, or doing laundry or, you know, having a conversation with your friends or even going out with friends and leaving your child with someone to watch them. Not so the case in our lives. You know, sometimes it's sometimes we have really good days where Cortland is just so into his zone, into his world where he's in his tablet and he's drawing and he's doing or he's messing with the computers or his phones and, you know, he's creating something. Then it's easy for me to like laundry, clean the house, start dinner, you know, maybe sit down and have a glass of wine and have some mommy time. But in reality, that's my that's not my life daily, where in reality, you get to pick and choose the things that you want to do. I can't do that. And other parents or other families that have children with special needs or autism don't have that luxury either. So when we, when we get on social media and we say, we ask you guys to stop with the comparisons, it's not that we're saying that your life as a parent is not hard. It just doesn't compare to the lives that we live. And we would never dare compare our lives to yours because um, we don't live your life. But what that and that's why we want you to stop saying that our lives aren't hard or it's not as hard as yours or 
you do this or you do that. Yeah, we get it. All parents do it. But when you deal with a child that has autism or a special health care need, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's especially a lot when you're a single parent. And I know I've shared with you guys many a times that I, um, I do do all of this by myself. Um, I have friends and family. Yeah, I have um, and stuff like I have a really good sister circle that I absolutely love. We've been friends for over twenty plus years, and they are really like my stronghold and my backbone. And you know, they encourage me a lot. And then I have you know another sister circle of friends that you know I just recently met, and we all are you know moms, and you know we work hard for our children and stuff, and but we're to meant support to one another, and it's a positive support. It's not negative. It's not always feeling like the world is against you type of support or, you know, like the woe is me type of like that most individuals, you know, deal with or most individuals portray or whatever come off with. Um, and I absolutely am appreciative to these females that are in my life. And, you know, and then I, I also have a significant other that, you know, he is a great support to, um, mostly on the humor side. He keeps me laughing. He makes me smile on a daily basis. And, you know, I don't really talk about him a lot because that's my business. And I don't really care if I'm even surprised that I'm sharing it here in this in this episode. But um, that has been like one of the most positive things that has happened for me or to us this year um, is the that individual coming in to um, our lives, and you know, I'm really grateful for that. And he just keeps me, you know, that, you know that I'm, you know, I got this, you know, I, I can get it done, and. Um, you know, I can get it done and, you know, all that stuff. And then I have my, I have my team. We have our team, our, our you know, care team. And I absolutely adore them. Um, we've been with one agency since uh, pre-diagnosis. And we'll probably stay with them until Cortland ages out of the agency as an age of 18. Um, but I absolutely adore our case manager. And now we're with a speech therapist. And I absolutely adore her, too. Um, won't call them by name just out of respect for their privacy. But um, the other day we were having speech therapists, we were having a conversation. Um, we were supposed to be in session, but Cortland has, it's been kind of rough for him as of late because uh, we have taken him off the concerted medication because he needs to be seen by his uh, development of pediatrician um, for a vital check. And um, until we can get an appointment with her, uh, she wants him to stop the medication. So we've had to deal with that change in his body and in his routine. And so we've had some really crazy sleepless nights and um, and stuff. So uh, he was supposed to be in session last week, but um, and you can't cancel these sessions because when you cancel too many and you cancel at the last minute, then they'll drop you because there is a wait list. So you definitely don't want to waste their time and, you know, their, you know, money and them getting paid and stuff like that. So um, I just reached out to her and I said, hey, look, this is a situation, but if it's okay, I'd like to utilize this session for us to talk because with her coming in as a new uh, speech therapist, um, her coming in as his new speech therapist, we really didn't get the time to sit down and acclimate it with one another 
and you know her get to know me and me get to know her so we utilize that that moment for that and also to go over his over over his diet is what we like to call it um over his care plan for um speak and just to see what goals we wanted to set what goals to match take off and what we needed to leave on. Now, me as a parent of a child that is on the autism spectrum, that started where we started as far as um, speech concern, I never removed goals from his care plan. And I know that's kind of crazy, but one thing that you have to understand is children that have autism sometimes face what's called regression, which means they regress, they may lose something, and there may be a point in Courtney's life where he regresses as far as speech is concerned. And um, I know we still have issues with expressive and receptive. We've never really had a problem with um, receptive language, or but we are mo- mainly had a deficit in expressive language. And now, as he gets older, and continuing on with continuing on with the therapy and everything, you know, he's growing, and I'm not only seeing it in the household, but I'm also seeing it like in communications with his teacher or when we're doing schoolwork and, you know, he's able to just work independently. Whereas a year ago, that was not necessarily the case. We were working together. I was kind of more, I had to prompt him a lot, but as I see now continuing the therapy and the goals and leaving the goals where they are and adding goals to that plan, to where we need to be as far as, you know, Cortland is concerned with his speech and just over his overall day-to-day life, being able to function daily. Because, you know, I feel like communication is one of the very strong keys to functioning. And if you don't have that level of communication, then it is hard and it is frustrating. And that's where we start to see, you know, the meltdowns and stuff and, you know, just the agitation and, you know, and it makes it him and it makes it hard for me because like me as a mom, I just simply want to wrong in my baby's life. And that's with all parents. I know we all just want to fix what goes wrong in our children's lives. Um, me, it hits home a lot because I, I struggle with the thoughts of what if I were to this earth today or tomorrow? What happens to my kid? Will he survive? Will he be taken care of? Like these are the things that I deal with on a day-to-day basis. And um, as I was talking to his therapist last Thursday, I was just letting her know that I don't want to hide from autism, whereas I feel like a lot of families do. Um, Was it a tough pill to swallow when we got the diagnosis? Yes. Did I expect it? Yeah, I expected it. But no one wants to walk into to a, a doctor's office and have them say to you, your child we are diagnosing, he's been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder based, you know, after taking the ADOS evaluation. Like, those are not that you want to hear, although you're prepared to hear them, you don't want to hear them. And they come in like a wrecking ball. And at that point, you can choose to sit and you wallow in your pity and your sorrow, or you can choose to get up and you can do something about it. And you can say that autism is not going to have our lives. It's not going to have this life. It's not going to have my life. And you can, you know, go to work. And that's what I did. I went to work. Now, don't get me wrong. After hearing it, you know, I sat there. I knew what was coming. We left. Um, It was, I was Cortland and one of his early interventionists at the time. Um, I believe it was Katie or 
yeah, it was Katie at the time. And um, we got the diagnosis. And so there, and she was in there. And um, I received it. Um, I knew that that's what, that's what, that's what it was going to be. Um, but I was grateful to know that the level that of his diagnosis, um, had we not started early intervention, it may have been a little more severe than it is now, but early intervention is the key. And so that's why like, if you have any sort of doubt as to, you know, is something going on with your child, you know, uh, are you noticing signs or are you seeing that your child isn't reaching certain milestones? I know sometimes you want to reach out and we want to talk to other parents because we want to ask them, you know, hey, when did so-and-so start to do this or start to do that? And they'll say, well, you know, they were probably 18 months, uh, 20 months, almost two years old. And you're looking at your child and your child is already two and that child hasn't reached a milestone. One thing we have to do as a society is that we have to get away from the comparison of our of our children because all children develop differently. But don't sit back and say, "Oh, I'm just going to give it another six months because so and so said their child had already done it by before they were two. If you have any worry, talk to your child's doctor, talk to your child's pediatrician. Am I an expert in autism? No, I'm not. I'm just simply a mom that lives it day to day with her child. And I knew that what I saw in Portland, I knew something was wrong. And I had people tell me, well, he'll get on, he'll get it eventually, you know, all children don't develop the same and he'll, it'll come to him. And then the comparison started, well, someone so did it by this time and this time. And so I just put it in my head that when I started Portland in preschool, Talked to his two-year-old teacher, who I'm still friends with today. Absolutely adore her, and I just, you know, voiced my concerns to her, and she pretty much led me in the direction of where I needed to go as far as like speaking stuff. I still wanted to talk to his pediatrician, so I brought it up to his pediatrician, and we talked about it. And she set me up with the special needs care coordinator within her within the practice that Courtland goes to, and from there we did a stat screening um, to determine, you know, if he was at risk or what type of developmental delays he may have, or, you know, if there was anything at all, if I was to be worried, if I was not to be worried. So we did that stat screening. And I know I've talked about all of this in previous episodes, but I just want to kind of bring it back to the forefront because when you live in this world, you start to revisit all of this see new challenges arise. And at this point in our lives, we're seeing some new challenges arise for Portland. And so that's why I'm kind of rehashing all of this in the in this episode. But um so we did the stat screen and he, you know, tested at risk and then so we moved on into early intervention. So early intervention was huge for us. And I believe when we got that clinical diagnosis, the level at which he was diagnosed may have been lesser. I guess because of the early played a huge role in it. Um, Portland isn't on the severe end of the spectrum. Um, he is what some people like to label high functioning autistic. Um, um, don't necessarily like to use the term, but I don't necessarily like to use the term, but I will use the term um, just because Portland can. Uh, do a lot of things that, you know, 
and he said that he wouldn't be able to do it. Um, it's more like if they were still, if we weren't on the spectrum at this point, and we were simply just, you know, labeling autism, um, he would have what's called or what was known as Asperger's um, and stuff. And so he's very intelligent. Um, God, very intelligent, uh, very smart. Uh, boy can figure out anything. Uh, he teaches me a lot on a daily basis. I'm always in awe. Like there's never a dull moment, whether it's good, bad, or ugly with this kid. So, you know, and just the level of independence that I'm seeing in him now, not not just when it comes to schoolwork, but just within other things too. Like he has, as of recent, wanted to start doing chores. So um, when we get ready to take out the trash or take out the garbage, um, you know, I'll take it out and then I'll come back in and he's already grabs another trash liner from and he's preparing to put it into the the rubbish bin and it's just like the most amazing thing because it's not something that I said Courtney you have to do it's just something that I guess he's seen me do a thousand times or he's seen my mom do a thousand times or someone else do a thousand times and decided to do it you know that hey I want to do it and it's the most amazing thing to me or like when it's time to take a bath and you know, I still draw his bath for him, but it's not like I'm asking him. You know, he's in there. He's doing his thing. Now, I will go behind him and watch him again, but I, I allow him that independence um, just simply because I want him to be independent. Now, um, so in talking to you know, his speech therapist last week, I was explaining all of this to her and just how, you know, how we unapologetically embrace autism um, because you have to, if you don't, it will drive you insane because it's just the whole aspect of the whole spectrum of autism um, that will have you like kind of in your head, like, I can't do this, I can't do this, I'm not strong enough, I'm not strong enough, but you have to make the choice that you are strong enough. And I feel like once you get that diagnosis and you're willing to accept it, and you're willing to get to work, then things may come easier for you. Um, not all days are easy. Not all days are hard. You know, some days are harder than the next. Some days are easier than next. Um, like, for example, today is a really hard day for us, and we haven't had a day like this in a long time. But in talking to his speech therapist last week, you know, we're just telling her that, you know, I have to pick and choose my battles, but I also have to respect the time of other people as well. And that's why I just couldn't allow that session to go to waste because I know that she has a job to do. And if I can't get him to perform at the level that needs to be done, then I may have to make the decision that, hey, we can no longer receive services from you because there's other families that are on the waiting list. I'm not going to be that parent that just holds a spot simply for the sake of holding the spot because my child needs that service. If he's not doing what he needs to do, I'll pull him and we'll just start back over. We'll start at square one with a new therapist. I'm okay with that. I don't have that problem. Um, I'm not going to waste her, her sessions or her time, you know. I was just telling her that. And she said this, the sweetest thing to me. She's like, you know, you truly inspire me. And like that really made my day. Like it just like I ugly, I was still ugly crying yesterday because 
it's been a rough couple of days for us. And just to remember the words that she said to me is that just to know that I inspire someone is is something that, you know, I never thought or imagined. Um, I, I've always said that this is my purpose in life. This, you know, by, you know, this is the journey that God intended for me. And I embrace it. And I I just wish that other people could embrace their journeys in the way that I'm embracing mine. But I can't force my way of thinking or my way of doing things onto other people. All I can do is share my story and get it out there and let people know that it's okay. It's okay to share the ugly. It's okay to be raw. It's okay to be real. It's okay to let people in. People are going to judge you no matter what. No matter what you do, people are going to judge you. No matter if you lead, if you have a neurotypical child, people are going to judge you. If you have a child in your diversity world, then people are going to judge you. That's the world that we live in. Just a judgmental world. Um, so this morning, um, I'm struggling this afternoon this morning struggling a lot um at this moment i have a terrible terrible headache and um and i have a terrible terrible headache and it's driving me insane right now because of the simple fact that i can't get it to go away but it's because i have not really had any sleep and the thing is we didn't sleep last night he was up all night, and I'm just not really sure if it's because of the change in the medication or what's going on. So today is what I like to call autism with a side of chitlin. And I know that's crazy and funny to people, but like if anybody knows me, they know I hate chitlins, and I hate the word, I hate the smell, I hate the look. Ugh. But you know, so that to me is what autism And um, so right now. Portland is asleep, um, and he finally went to sleep. And I will let him sleep because he needs his rest. And I think that's what. So as I was saying, you know, um, he just really went to sleep, and he's still asleep now. And I have no intentions of waking him up anytime soon. And for anyone that's on the East Coast, you know, it's almost three o'clock in the afternoon. But him getting his rest is more important to me than you know waking him up and having to deal with like the meltdowns that we dealt with last night um I haven't seen my child like that in a long time and so that's why I'm calling you know this episode autism with a side of chitlins because that was I at that moment I really hated autism because I knew that's exactly what it was and you know you you get to a point to where things are going great for you and you haven't had really any big hiccups as far as autism is concerned and then you have a day like you had yesterday and a night like you had last night and then you're dealing with the ramifications of both the next day um me as a parent I'm mentally and physically exhausted um I don't share that a lot because I don't want people to look at me you know like I can't do this or like I'm putting on this front like I'm this strong person I am strong but strong people break too and when I see my child go through what he went through last night and um you know him not sleeping all night and us have just being up and 
it, it's hard. And um, I found myself tipping this morning. Um, if I did not get any sleep, I didn't know if I was going to be able to function today. And I'm still not sure if I'm going to be able to function simply because I'm barely functioning at this point right now. Um, I'm drinking coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon and it's really not doing anything for me. Um, I think I might need some Red Bull or something. So anybody out there in podcast land can hear this message. Um, I need some Red Bull in my life. So if you want to send some my way, I greatly appreciate it. No, but seriously, um, it's a hard life, but I want to be clear. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And I know some people might think that sounds crazy. Uh, just simply because of what I just described our day was like yesterday and some of the things that we go through and the regression and the isolation and everything. But I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world simply because, um, as you all know, I had Cortland at the age of 40. And but before that, I, I think I lived my life to the fullest. Um, I got to do a lot of things. I went to college. I got to go on trips. I got to meet some amazing individuals and, you know, be in some really great company. And like I said, some of those people I'm really still close to today. And I adore our relationships and our friendships and uh, all that stuff. And I think that it, at the age of 40, was my time to do something different and to basically fulfill the purpose that God had in store for me. Um, so I, that's why I wouldn't trade any of this for the world. And I think a lot of the things that I experienced in my life, you know, in college, in my 20s and my 30s, prepared me for the life that I'm living now. And I believe that's why I have the strength that I have um, to deal with days that are, you know, like that, you know, present the things, the challenges that we're dealing with now to to deal with the autism with the side of chitlin, chitlins days or uh, chitterlings or however you guys want to say it, you know, um, days, you know, it's hard. It's not easy. It's not it's not pretty all the time. It's not rainbows and unicorns all the time, you know. Uh, so today is just one of those days and it started yesterday. How long will it last? I have no idea. Like, I don't like I can't say that this is going to today is going to be better now that he's been asleep since, you know, probably like 10 o'clock this morning and he's still asleep now. When he wakes up, will he be in a better mood? Possibly. Will we have a great night? Possibly. Will he go back to bed tonight? Possibly. Um, I, I can't say, even with the medication that he takes to help him sleep at night, I can't say that he's going to go to sleep tonight because, hey, he didn't go to sleep last night and he had his regular dose of medication. Um, so I re- I just honestly cannot say. Uh, I just kind of just have to go with the flow. So at this point, what I, what do I do? I prepare myself for oh yeah, we're going to go to bed at nine o'clock and we're going to sleep all night. And the other, the downside or the downside to all of this is that this week right here, although Cortland is completely finished with his, you know, semester's work, he still has a responsibility as far as like logging into iReady and doing, you know, getting ready for his assessment, his mid-year assessment that will happen next month with his math and his reading. And then he also has to do what they call um, essential skills check-in. Um, I'm sorry, essential standards check-in that they were doing this week. Um, and he missed today because he had not been asleep. So I reached out to his teacher and I just let her know, hey, this is the situation. He just went to sleep, literally just went to sleep. Now I can wake him up 
and we can do, we can, you know, get through this essential standards check-in. And she said to me, don't wake him up. She was like, you know, there's a makeup day and we'll do it on the makeup day, you know, and, and that's what I like about the school that we're at and stuff. And teachers are wonderful. The staff, the principal, the administration, they're all wonderful. Like South Carolina Connections Academy is one of the best decisions I've made um, for my child, you know, for our lives. And, you know, they they adapt to, they adapt to us. They don't, they we're not adapting to them. They adapt to us. Even before we had a 504 plan in play, you know, uh, in the days, the autism with a side of chitlins days were, you know, plenty, you know, plenty back then, um, they they were adapting to Cortland's needs, and that's what I like about them. It's just like you reach out to them, you talk to them, you let them know what's going on, and they, they're there for you. They support you, and that's what education is, and it's kind of disheartening and kind of upsetting to me that I'm seeing a lot of you know, talk and a lot of conversations across social media with the pandemic that's going on and these other families that are facing, you know, the days of autism with the side of Chitlins, you know, they're facing those days and they're struggling to get the ch- their children, even the the smallest amount of education that they are rightfully due, you know, and that that's concerning and it's upsetting to me and there are some really great really great strong advocates out there mom mom advocates out there that are fighting and using their voice for their children and my hat goes off to them like I I know a few and they have been diligent in their you know in their advocacy for the rights to education not only for their children but for other children as well you know like I said we weren't necessarily greatly affected as far as you know education like that wasn't interrupted for Cortland but I understand the routine education is was a routine these children deserve to learn just as much as the next person deserves to learn you don't necessarily have to be in general ed or uh earners education to deserve an education everyone deserves to learn it's a right in this country education is a right uh some people like to call it a privilege no it's a right you know it's a right they have the right to learn period point blank i don't care what other people say to me it's a right and to know that these children aren't being afforded the right that they that they deserve is very heartbreaking um, but again, like I said, we are extremely blessed in our in our fight, in our journey. And um, like I said, my hat goes off to those parents that are fighting daily and advocating daily for, you know, the just the simple education for their kids and the services that they deserve so, so that they can be productive citizens. Like you want us to raise them to be productive citizens and, you know, so that they'll be able to live in society but you don't want to give us the help. You don't want to hold our hand. So um, I don't want to talk about politics in this podcast or on any episode, but I am going to bring up this. I'm hoping with this new administration that we do see some changes and I'm hoping to be on the front lines of, you know, talking, you know, with people in Congress and, you know, the administration with trying to, you know, get better uh, education for those children that have special needs and the services that they need. Um, I think there will be a little more compassion and a little more understanding um, from this administration than this one that we are 
coming out of. Um, and, you know, I, I I would like to hope that, you know, everyone wants to see children succeed to be better, not just their children. Um, so my fight is not just for Cortland. My fight is for every child, whether they're neurotypical or, you know, are, have a special need. I, I believe that these children deserve uh, a fair chance at receiving a decent education. Um, and so I'm ready. I'm geared up. I'm going to put on my black and I'm I'm going to go to Washington. That's where I'm going to go next year this time or early in the spring. Hopefully when this pandemic dies down, you guys will see me in Washington on Capitol Hill. That is a goal for me. That's where I'm going to go because I have a lot to say. And I'm going to get it done, not just for my child, but for other children's too. Other children's. Other children, excuse me, other children too. So, um, so when I, I'm sitting here and I'm saying all of this, and I know like this podcast, this, this episode has kind of gone all over the place, but I'm saying this to say this, you know, autism with a side of chitlins, you know, are hard, those are the horrible days. Um, but in the horrible is something beautiful if that makes sense because just in this time with sharing all of this with you guys you know ideas you know start to form and you know there's things that you want to do and you can see yourself doing them so at this point you start to jot down things and you know we're going to make this happen I'm bound and determined to continue to unapologetically embrace autism not only for my child or not only for myself but from other children and other parents too you know we are a community and we need to embrace each other we need to love each other we need to teach one another you know we need to teach others, not one another. We need to teach others in society how to love and how to understand and how to be accepting of what is what our community is and what it's like. And the one thing that we we need to stop doing is allowing them to try to force their world upon our children and start inviting them into into our children's world so that they have a better understanding and that's the one thing as a parent you know when I face these days you know autism with a side of chitlins when I face these days like this that I have to remember stop trying to pull Cortland into your world and remember to always go into his world so that you gain a better understanding of what's going on with him like that's that's the only way it works and that's the i mean and once everyone gets on board with that i i think the journeys will they're not gonna get easy easy but they may get easier and you may see you know better days brighter days and not you know the days of isolation and you know things along that line but you know you're I'm not going to say that those things are going to disappear because they're not going to disappear. You know, the isolation may always be there just simply because you may be stuck in your routine. There we go again with that word routine. You're stuck in your routine because because routine is such a norm for our children. It has become a norm for us as parents. And we know that we have to, you know, at some point adapt to every routine that comes our way and But sometimes adapting to the routine of like, you know, being isolated is not great because it's not really good. Like you need to seek self-care. And that's the one thing that I 
notice that I do not do. And I had a really good friend tell me last night that, you know, you have to take time for yourself. Remember to always, no matter how hard you work for Cortland, remember to make time for yourself. And that's the one thing that I do not do. I don't make time for myself because one, I feel guilty that if I even buy myself the smallest of things that I have neglected my child or some or need that my child has or, you know, something that he needs. My birthday was two weeks ago and I got myself some stuff for my birthday and uh, it's boxed up, ready to be sent back just simply because I'm thinking that money that I spent on myself could be spent on him for something that he may need. Um, I know some people like that shopping for myself is self-care, getting my lashes done is self-care, putting on makeup is self-care. I don't do that enough and I need to start doing that because I I realize that when we do have autisms autism with a side of chitlins type days that I find myself, you know, I'm extremely extremely exhausted. Um I can't function and I get really irritable and like the the tiny ends of things like might upset me and Cortland may he feeds off of my my vibe and if I'm tense and there's a lot of tension going on then that could be you know he could it could cause him to have a bad day and that's possibly what happened yesterday I don't know like yesterday was Monday it was the Mondayest Mondays of Mondays in a long time and you know just because Sunday I didn't feel well and I just kind of like was in bed all day and the paranoia of like the whole thing with COVID and you know trying to keep safe and you know leads up to a lot of autism with a side of chitlins days like it really does and I, I think that's where we are right now it's just like really starting to take a toll on us and we're both physically and mentally exhausted and because I'm the adult I have to try to reform or transform my energy into something more positive instead of putting it off out into the next the atmosphere as like almost negative or full attention and having him feed off of that. So that's what what I need to work on. And for the next 24 to 48 hours, I'm going to have to work on it no matter how bad my head hurts right now, no matter how bad I just want to go climb in my bed and just go back to sleep. There's things that I have to do to transform myself and so that we don't have days like we had yesterday so that we don't have nights like we had last night. And I think a lot of parents that have children with special needs or that have children on the spectrum don't recognize that a lot or enough to know that you know, we've got to work within ourselves to kind of drown out some of the challenges that we may face um, because they could be, you know, they could simply transpire from the energy that we're putting out into the atmosphere and uh, our kids feed off of our energy. And if we aren't the best, then they can't be the best. So I have to find a way to work at being the best for myself so that I can be the best for Cortland so that he can be the best. So we don't face many days of autism with the side of chitlins. You know, there's been months I can go like I can finally say there's been months where we've had like dang near perfect days. I mean, I'm not even going to sit here in front like we've had dang near perfect days. And I I sit and I look back on those days and I'm just in awe of, you know, the time that we had and, you know, just his growth and everything. And but then we get but then here comes autism. 
It comes in like a wrecking ball one more time and it just slaps you in the face. Just a reminder as if it's taunting you. Ha ha ha. I'm still here. I didn't go anywhere. Like that's what it's like, you know, and I, 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 (laughs) and it's funny as I say it, but it's serious as well because that's what it is. It's like, and you're like, you're sitting over in the corner, like, yeah, autism, I see you. I know you're still there, but I refuse to allow you to come in and wreak havoc but little do you know, autism has already started to wreak that havoc. And here comes that autism with a side of chitlin day. You know, it's just there and it ain't nothing you can do about it. No matter how much you want to stop it, you just kind of have to go with the flow. And you just have to recognize what caused it. Try to figure it out. You go to the drawing board. You do another, you draft a new blueprint and you you try to build that foundation so that it doesn't happen again. And but you know in your heart of hearts and in your mind that there are going to be other days that are going to happen and there's just simply nothing you can do to avoid them you just have to kind of prepare yourself for them like you would go three months and having no autism with a side of chitlins days you can have autism with a side of chicken mcnuggets those are good days because that's Cortland loves that he loves chicken McNuggets. so you can have autism with a side of chicken mcnugget days for almost three months and then bam here comes that autism with the side of chitlins day. You know, it just comes in. Bam. There we are. We're just going to come in. We're just going to rehab it. We're going to get up. We're going to leave. Like they were never here, but they were here. And that's what we're facing right now. Like it was just like I wasn't there, but yeah, you were here. And so today, November 17th, 2020, we are feeling the remnants of that autism with a side of chitlins day like we really are and it's days because it started yesterday and it's carried over until today and so we're gonna see you know if when he wakes up if today's gonna get better I will say him going to going to sleep is a sign that it may be better because it could have been a day where Cortland didn't go to sleep at all until tonight which meant mommy wouldn't have gotten any sleep, which meant that there would just been a lot of tension in the air and just a lot that was going on. Um, so what do you do when you're faced with things like this and you can't sleep? You do what I do. You clean. Got up this morning. I was cleaning at five o'clock in the morning. The only thing I didn't clean was my kitchen, which I need to probably stop recording this episode and go in there and do and figure out something for dinner. But that's neither here nor there right now. But this is what autism is. This is inside our world, inside our house. This is what happens when we have autism with a side of chitlins days. And I've also shared with you when we have autism with a side of chicken McNuggets days. Because some days are good and some days are bad. The chitlins is the absolute worst. (laughs) Because like I said earlier in the episode, I just absolutely hate those things. I hate the way they smell. Yeah, I gag every time I think about it. So, you know, so those are the absolute worst days. But as I said, when I started this podcast, that I wanted to be raw, I wanted to be real, I wanted to be open with you guys. And I wanted you guys to understand that we live this life unapologetically, embracing it on a daily basis. And we're not going to shy away from sharing our story. Those that want to hear it, hear it. Those that don't want to hear it, don't hear it. And that's okay. But if my story will help one family 
not my story. Let me rephrase that. If our story, our journey will help one family, then I feel like I've done my due diligence when it comes to, you know, my purpose on this journey, a, a part of my purpose on this journey, you know, so I just wanted to come back here today and I just wanted to share with you guys. I wanted to record this episode, kind of recap and share a lot of things that, you know, have been going on with our lives, especially, you know, what we're going through right now. But we've got some exciting stuff going on as well, too. Uh, little Mr. Cortland has been brand repping and is brand ambassador for a few shops, um, small clothing shops. And the kids kind of like, you know making his own name for himself. And I'm kind of happy about that. A lot of people tend to say, well, that's not really anything too big, but hey, to each his own. I mean, we like it and we're going to do it. If you don't think it's too big, then that's your issue, not mine. So we appreciate those people that are helping us build our platform. And that's what we see it as. It's a way to build our platform because it's also showing that there are people out there that understand and that get it and that are willing to include children that have special needs or children that have autism, you know, and we are very, very grateful and very humble and very blessed to be a part of those, you know, those businesses. So we greatly, greatly appreciate them. Um, also, like I said, the kid in school, very, very, very going great. Um, finished this semester early again. Excited about that. Um, when we did our uh, beginning of the year assessments with iReady, um, he, with his reading, he tested into a third grade level. So he really gets to be exempt from a few things, but not a lot of stuff. Um, so it's, it's really good. Like, and I just, I love to see his growth in, you know, coming to coming in his own, coming into his own with a lot of stuff. Um, and I just, I, I, I want to see what the future holds. I want to see what, what's going to happen with this kid. Like, you know, um, his growth mindset with, you know, teaching himself how to do certain things on the computer and the graphics and using all this editing software is just so amazing to me. So when we talk about the ugly sides of, you know, living with a child that is on the spectrum, we also have to talk about the beautiful side of it too. Autism to me is beautiful no matter what, no matter how ugly it gets on most days, I'm always going to think it's beautiful because of the uniqueness of the individual that lives with it. Like I get to share in all of this with this very unique individual and I'm extremely humbled and blessed to be in my child's presence on a daily basis. I love this kid more than anything in the world, but loving him a lot, 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 lot harder and more just because of this uniqueness. If he didn't have it, I would just love him just as much. But it's just a beautiful thing just to see how his mind works and, oh my God, just to hear him talk and just do the different things that, you know, we were told that textbooks tell, that textbooks will tell you that, you know, they may not ever do this. You may not get to experience this with your child. Well, you guys know that I am a strong believer that textbook answers do not apply to everyone. I've even recorded an episode on it. I've written a blog on it. I just don't believe that textbook answers apply. Yes, I believe in science. Don't get me wrong. I believe in science. I believe in all of it. But 
this here's my thing. I just do not believe that the textbook answers apply to each and every case. And I believe that is how you in how you handle it and how you go to work on it and what you do to make it work in your favor instead of, you know, kowtowing to what the what the way science says it's supposed to be. Um, do I think there's a cure for autism? I'll go on record as saying no. I don't think there's a cure. Do I think that vaccines cause autism? I'll go on record and say no. I do not think vaccines cause autism. I believe that God beautifully designed my child for me to live in a different world that he was born with autism. Autism is not his life. It's simply a diagnosis. He defines it. It does not define him. No matter how many autism with the side of chitlins days we have, it will never define who my kid is. And I believe he is breaking barriers by showing that it will never define him by being able to do all the things that he's doing at his age. He's only six, you know, and it's amazing that when you see kids on the Internet and you see like all the different kids that are living on the autism spectrum and you see all of the wonderful things that they're doing. And it, it doesn't matter the, the level of severity in my mind. These kids do amazing things on a daily basis. And that is the beauty to me of the autism spectrum. Cortland may not do something the way another child with autism does it, vice versa, but it's all beautiful because they're doing it. And science says, or textbooks say, this may never happen. And it does happen. It just doesn't happen on the timeline that is dictated through those textbooks and through society, it is dictated on a timeline that God has laid out for them. And that is the uniqueness and the beauty of living the days of autism with a side of chitlins, the days of autism with a side of chicken McNuggets, the, you know, the days of doing autism from A to Z. That is the beauty of it all. And I am extremely blessed that I get to share that with this little boy. And I get to share your journey, our journey. Excuse me. We get to share our journey with you on a daily basis. That is the beauty of all of this. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Um, I hope that something that I've said in here has resonated, has touched you in some kind of way. Um, please, if you like, leave feedback. Let me know what you think of the episode. Share with me some of the things that you would like for us to share with you, like some of the things that you want to know. If you have questions, don't hesitate to ask them. I'm an open book. We're an open book. We would love to share these things with you. Um, again, this has been Cinnamon doing sweet, sweet tea, Southern Mama doing autism from A to Z. And today we did autism with a side of chitlins. Until the next time, y'all be good. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. And we'll see you soon.